are reconvening uh, the special Marin County Board of Supervisors meeting to conduct the fiscal year 2019 budget hearings. And I think first on our agenda here is an overview of the special district budget. Roy, is that what you're providing to us or something else? Or you can use the arrow keys. Which ones? Good afternoon, Board of Supervisors. We had a little technical difficulty there for a second. My fault. We got plenty of difficulty. Okay. So before you today um, are actually 46 special district budgets. And uh, I just, what I want to do first is, uh, before we go into the presentation, which is going to be Could very short. Could you a little closer to the microphone? I'm sorry, is that better? Thank you. It is. Perfect. So uh, there are 46 special districts. And before I get into the short presentation, I just want to kind of go over how it works from a standpoint of the Department of Finance. Great. So basically, we have to corral 46 different special districts to provide us their uh, budgets each year. We send them out documentation showing what last year's budget uh, is, their actuals, and try to um, put it in a, uh, or gather it, put it in a place where we can actually then roll up all the information and prepare it essentially for this board's presentation as well as for the state controller's office because they actually produce a statewide report which includes all of these uh, districts as well. After we um, then collate all of those, uh, that information into reports, we then monitor them, not only uh, during this time of year but throughout the year. In addition to that, we, we perform uh, analytical reviews to make sure it makes sense to us from year to year to make sure what we present to you and to the state makes sense to us and also um, if there's any questions that come up, we then um, talk with those special districts to make sure that we understand what it is, uh, what, why there's an increase, why there's a decrease, or, and ask uh, additional questions to make sure that the budget is, is correct. And then finally, once we go through this process and the board accepts all of the budget, we actually send all that information along with the county's budget to the state controller's office, and they produce a book, which we then at the uh, end of each year provide to each one of you. So in here is uh, the actual budget for the, for the county as well as the 46 special districts that I'll, be, uh, ref that I'll be talking about today. So we'll go forward to the presentation. And basically what we do is, is we use the same format that we actually produce uh, for the state. And what we've done is we modified it a little bit this year. I know it, there's two pages to that, actually. So uh, this is the first page. Yeah, look, look, look at the page in front so of you. Look at the ones no, that front. doesn't help. <laughs> I apologize, but um, I try, we try to cut down on the amount of paper. Um, uh, but there are 46. I'll go over them um, for you. And if you have any questions, we'll, we'll get to that. But yes, there are 46. They, they're on two pages. Uh, there's another slide after this. There are two sewer maintenance districts, 17 county service areas, two lighting districts, 11 flood control zones, six permanent road divisions, the open space, which you already um, just listened to their presentation, and there are seven, seven other districts which were used for financing purposes, or um, they are quasi-county slash state uh, districts like IHSS and the law library. So when we, um, when we look at the, pres uh, as we look at the uh, screen here, you'll notice there's, we keep it pretty simple. We start with fund balance, which tells you how much money the district starts out with. We then add um, any kind of revenues that come in for the current year. We, we reflect expenses to come up with what the end of year fund balance is for each of the two years. Last year's budget rep represents actuals, current year represents the budget. Does that make sense? 
Okay. Moving forward, what we do as part of our analytical review is we actually go through and, and look at all of the numbers to make sure that they make sense to us. And when we looked at it this year, basically uh, on an overall basis, the budgets grew by 13%. We went from 41 million to 46 million, 46.3 million. And what that 13% represents really is just an increase in those in specific budgets. Because what you have to remember is each year we go through a process in, process in which the districts themselves usually are using the money that comes in for operations and maintenance. And then they generally have a little bit extra in, in many of these cases where they're storing money year over year to do some project at, at, after a certain time period, like with flood control districts. So if you look at this year, that increase really comes from four flood control districts, flood control, um, let's see, flood control one, flood control seven, and flood control nine. They total about $7 million increase this year, uh, which, which makes sense based on the floods that we had this last year. It makes pretty, pretty good sense that there would be some projects moving forward in that area. And, and the other increase comes from the Marin County open space, which is a little over $2.1 million. Some of the decreases came from the fire, uh, fire department. Uh, we have a station just across the street over here. Uh, we're just we're in the process of completing a, a construction project. So their budget actually decreased by almost $4.6 million. And then in addition to that, we had um, a drop in flood control 19. Should have my glasses here. Flood control 19 of about $3.4 million that uh, dropped because again, last year's budget reflected uh, the work that they were doing in flood control last year. <coughs> so what I'm going to do now is pass the second page here, which just basically are the 46 budgets, and go to our website. What's really important here is this, is, is that special district is kind of a, a term that's kind of thrown around. We have special districts that are under this board, which are, which are called dependent special districts. And there, then there are independent special districts. What we try to do is reflect, for our purposes, is reflect that on our website. So people, so anybody can go to our website within one click, they can get to special districts. And what they can find on our website is not only the budgets, but for dependent special districts, they can also find information besides just the budget. So we give them a little breakdown of the sewer district, where they're located, or the flood control zones. So we have uh, basically, uh, and I'll show you that, we have a listing that kind of breaks it down so that anybody can come in and kind of get an idea of what the special district does. Um, but those are only dependent special districts. The issues that we have come from independent special districts because people call the county, they want to know about any particular district. If it's not dependent, we don't really have anything to do with it. So it's very difficult to give people information. So over the years and through uh, a few uh, grand jury reports, we have taken what we had, which was our list for dependent special district, and expanded it to not only dependent, but to independent special districts, which is uh, on the slide now. And so what we've done now is, is given people the opportunity to be able to go in and look at dependent special districts, find out where they are, what they do, find the budget. But in addition, for those that are independent special districts, we've also given them information of who they can contact, by phone, by email address. The issue at, at this particular point in time is getting the independent special districts, just like with uh, our districts here, corralling them to give us the information each year um, to keep that information updated. 
The issue is, is that some of these are smaller districts. An individual will leave. It's hard to find a replacement for that individual. And so we do our best to keep this list up because we think it's very important. Once again, though, the issue is, is we don't really have any authority to get people to provide us the information, and sometimes that can be quite difficult. So I know that some of you have contacted us about special districts, and, and we don't have necessarily any information. What we attempt to do at that particular point is to find out about them, put them on our list here so that if anybody does call that they have a contact person uh, to avoid any kind of confusion. Okay. So I thought rather than just giving you straight up numbers, which is what I usually do each year, I thought I'd go through and kind of explain what we do with special districts here at the county, kind of explain what information we do have, and then talk about independent special districts a little bit to give you an idea of, of what happens in that area. What really happens is, is that, again, we're kind of the catch-all. Um, since we do property taxes, I'm a tax collector, uh, we get a lot of calls um, when um, people have questions about special districts because in many cases they're on the tax bill, so people right away uh, you know, call the tax collector, and we think this is a good way in order to mitigate those issues that arise. So, With that, I'll, I'll close off my presentation. Uh, I did also put all of the links that I talked about where you can get information either on the budget or on dependent, independent special districts as well as just general information on the special districts. I put the URLs here so that people could just use this presentation, click right on it, go, go find that information. So with that, I'll close off the presentation and ask if you have any questions. This was a really great page, Roy, because I could actually read it. <laughs> well, well, okay, so I can't it's help with favorite. the, I tried to cut down the number of uh, you know, <laughs> screenshots we had here. The issue uh, is there's a lot of information here, and it, it, you get a oh, lot of know. questions, and it's very difficult. If any of you ask me any specific questions other than the dollar amounts, I'm going to turn that over to the people responsible who are behind me here. Uh, but in the meantime, what I wanted to do is give you an idea of, of the, these 46 districts on a, on a high level and then talk about how we handle them on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. from the standpoint of giving the public information. Really helpful, Roy. Okay. Thank you. I think, it's, I think it's very interesting. And Matthew, I think you should put a, a line item in for, to get more paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I, can, I just didn't want to have uh, you know, so many <laughs> screens that you would go, come on, when's this thing going to be over? The, the, the important thing is, is this, is, is that we have a lot of, you know, we talk, it's, it's funny now, but it really is difficult sometimes for individuals to find information on totally. districts that I don't know, belong absolutely. to the county. A lot of these special districts don't have their own websites. It's, there's no place to find a contact person. Um, and, and, you know, the county, uh, the CEO and the Department of Finance have kind of taken it on ourselves to try to uh, provide that information, yeah. but it's not a, an easy task sometimes just to find the people. And, by the way, people willing to put their name and their phone number and, uh, and their email address on the list, which is the other issue. And I, I thought it was really important to bring that up because, again, we can only provide information that, you know, is supplied to us. I also really want to compliment you on tracking down those Airbnbs that are not. <laughs> you did a great job, and it was well, very. Well, well, thank you. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with special districts, but I'll take any kind of credit I can get for anything. <laughs> well, take that one. <laughs> no, I think it is really helpful, Roy, that you're doing this. We're, we're just mostly laughing at ourselves and how challenged we are. <laughs> well, it's not Being that. able to read anything, but it's the work is really important. Well, uh, I agree. You know, it's yeah. one of those things that we don't really talk about much except once a year unless somebody has a question, right? Yeah. 
And um, uh, again, we've tried to make it, again, the CAO has uh, worked really closely with us to try to make sure that information is available. One of the things that's the toughest, just so you know, are JPAs, they're being formed all the time. Oh, okay. um, and to try to keep track of, of those type of special districts, what, what people call special districts, right? And, and the definition of that changes all the time. So keep in <laughs> mind that if you get those calls, we do the best we can to find out who they are, get the information, but again, um, you know, if, if it belongs to the county, we get it pretty fast, um, you know, and we know the people here who are responsible for the special districts. It's, uh, again, it's, it's not an easy task for anybody to find it out there, including school districts, by the way, too. Sometimes people will call us to get a hold of their own, their school districts as well, just because the information really, you just can't go out on the internet and find that type of information. Yeah. So I'll just say, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. If so I may, I was just going to add, Roy, to sure. your list. Marin Lafkel has a pretty extensive list of all Dependent well, independent special you know, districts I work on their with website. Yeah. Uh, I, and actually, they're on our website because yeah. what you also, uh, what I didn't show you and I should have, uh, we have LAFCO out there, so you can click off our special district websites, mm -hmm. go to LAFCO. The only issue is that they only deal with taxing agencies. Okay, and so and, and so what we've also done is, is we've also put a link to the special district California website. So if it's not in LAFCO because they're not a taxing agency, you may be able to find them under special districts. Um, but the issue is uh, LAFCO only deals with them if they're a taxing agency. And so it doesn't really cover the, the list that the public wants. So. All right. Yeah, good point. That's thank a good question. Roy. Yeah, okay. thank you. Are any other questions for the board? All right, seeing none, and we don't need to take action. You yet, don't. It'll so. be part of your final budget yeah. action. Okay. okay. And so the last thing I want to say is, is this. When we, do when we do provide this to you later on, probably within the next month and a half, if there's any questions, because it's a little bit more detailed than mm -hmm. the information that you couldn't see up on the screen, <laughs> it's a little more detailed and does give you a, a, a little finer detail rather than the you know, expenses and, and the uh, revenues that I, that I displayed Great. here. So again, just wait for that. Or if you want to do that beforehand, we can we can meet and, and talk about the detail. I can't wait. Yeah. My, mine, mine's got, my old one's gotten really dog-eared, so I'm waiting for that new one. <laughs> well, if you want an old one, I have one right here for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Roy. All right, so next on our agenda is an overview of the fiscal year 2019-20 five-year capital improvement program. These are This is always a sobering moment. <laughs> Beautiful photograph on yeah. the front of the roof. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. The, roof, the photograph is fantastic. Is a great photograph. Good afternoon. Doesn't that roof look good? It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Um, good afternoon, President Sears, members of the board. Uh, thanks for having me today. Uh, my name is Eric Miller. I am the Engineering Division Manager with the Department of Public Works. Um, in my short time with you this afternoon, I hope to cover three things. Um, I'm going to share with you the state of the county roads. We're going to go into uh, the two-year budget for the county road program. And then lastly, I'd like to share with you um, how we anticipate that budget is going to impact the roads moving forward. Um, but before I get into that, I'd like to share with you some recent accomplishments that the engineering division um, uh, completed over the last 12 months. Um, the first bullet is um, mostly important to me because it signifies um, completion of all of the slide repairs from the damage that was done as part of the storms from early 2017. 
Um, in the last 12 months, we did um, seven retaining walls. Uh, the pictures on the right actually show a before and after out on Marshall Petaluma Road. Um, but the year before that, we completed an additional five locations for a total of just under $6 million in uh, uh, slide repair restoration. Um, we also completed 12 miles of microservicing or slurry sealing in the last year. Um, probably the most uh, visible project was the five mile repaving job on Lucas Valley Road on the backside of Whites Hill. And we completed projects in Strawberry, Sleepy Hollow, and Marin City neighborhoods, as well as a handful of emergency response earlier this year, most notably assisting um, some of our neighboring agencies in reopening Highway 37. So when we take a look at uh, Marin's transportation infrastructure, we're really talking about uh, 425 miles of road, um, a lot of which has sidewalk, curb, and gutter, um, all of which has safety signage and traffic striping, culverts, um, a large portion of guardrail, and we have about 13 traffic signals that we um, own and operate. And we're also talking about concrete structures. Uh, we have 80 concrete box culverts under 20 feet long and 56 bridges that are over 20 feet long. Um, Caltrans takes the lead on uh, monitoring the conditions of our bridges, but when it comes to concrete box culverts and roadways, um, the, monitor, the conditions are monitored by county staff um, using a series of consultants. And when we talk about roadways specifically, um, the metric we use is Pavement Condition Index, or PCI, which you're all aware of. And um, as Matthew noted yesterday, um, <clears throat> the county PCI dropped a couple points this year for the first time in several years. And I'll address that in a later slide. Um, but what we're looking at here on this slide, in the lower right with the green header, is the regional average for the nine Bay Area counties. And it shows an average PCI of 67. So when we look at the larger chart, um, the county arterial roads, which are our most traveled roads, are actually in relatively good shape um, compared to the regional average, while our collector and local roads are just a tick or two below the regional average. Um, so now that we know the, the state of our roads, um, how do we improve that PCI? How do we make the trend go upwards? So with what we're showing here on this chart on the left side is a list of <clears throat> um, the daily activities that the Road Maintenance Division in Public Works is in charge of. Um, a good portion of their work is spent um, patching the most egregious areas of our roads and potholing and, and making them um, passable. But a lot of their time is also spent mowing, ditching, limbing trees, clearing storm drains in preparation for winter storms. And that all adds up to about 60% of their time is directly going to impact our PCI. And the same trend holds true when we look at the road and bridge program, which is on the right side of this graph. Um, that's representative of all the components that we look at when a project comes into the engineering division and we start our design. <clears throat> we set out with the goal of improving the PCI and repaving our road, but uh, we're also out there replacing our culverts, um, shoring up the slopes, making it a more safe environment for all modes of users. And over the last five or six years, the trend is about 60 cents on the dollar actually goes into impacting our PCI versus the other 40 cents going to this other essential components piece. Um, so now that we know where the money goes, we're going to take a look at where the money comes from. And on this slide, we're showing um, road and bridge revenues that come um, into the road and bridge fund. And the chart on the right shows that um, just over half of our total revenue in road and bridge fund comes from general fund contributions, while we also see contributions from regional and state funds, 
in the form of Measure A, Measure AA, Measure B, and the state funds are the Senate Bill 1 um, gas tax. Another source of funding for our roads comes in the form of grant revenues. Uh, we're currently fortunate enough to have two major grant-funded projects on the horizon, um, the first of which is the Sir Francis Drake Boulevard West Federal Lands Access Program, or the SFD Flap Job, uh, which is um, scoped to repave about 12 miles of Sir Francis Drake um, out west of Inverness. The construction estimate on that project is 24 million, 22 of which um, is federally funded, and that project's set to start next year and take two years for construction. The second major grant-funded project that we have is on the same road, but about 30 miles east. Um, it's the Sir Francis Drake Boulevard Green Bay Corridor Project, and that project is funded by uh, Measure A Strategy 3.1 major road funds. Um, that project has a construction um, $12 million in grant funds, and it's slated to start uh, next year and take the following two years for construction. Um, it's important to note that both of these projects don't necessarily follow that 60-40 concept that I explained a couple slides ago. Um, there's a handful of reasons for that, um, but it's generally because the projects aren't strictly just paving jobs. We're doing a lot of traffic signal work, shifting medians, guardrail replacement. Um, out west, we're building a bridge and doing some wetland restoration, so um, the ratios are a little bit closer to 50-50. Um, we might actually see it drop into 40-60 for the um, Green Bay job, but um, it's just important to note that these two major sources of revenue don't necessarily follow that same 60-40. So when we put the two together, both the uh, road and bridge funds and the grant funds, we're looking at approximately $65 million in revenue going towards our road and bridge infrastructure over the next two years. And if we were to look at 60% of that, with the caveat that I just gave, um, it's about $40 million towards PCI improving funds. Uh, we're probably standing to see maybe closer to 32 to 35 million in PCI improving funds. Um, so with that said, here's a graph of what our PCI looks like, what it was 10 years ago, and what it might look like 10 years from now. Um, so we're sitting at a 65, and scenario one represents um, raising 10 points over the next decade. Um, in order to do that, our model shows that it would require a total investment of approximately $20 million a year or $40 million over the next two years. And from the last slide, we saw that it was at 65. So we would stand to think that we're poised pretty well right now with the grant funds that we have secured that we should see an uptick in our PCI once those two projects are complete. What scenario two is showing is staying flat over the next decade, and that requires, our model shows, an a total investment of $13.5 million a year, or $27 million over the next two years. And I include that because if we take away those two major grant sources, that's a lot closer to where we actually are in our investments. Um, so in reality, we're closer to the red line, although um, with our recent successes in the grants, and if we continue to, to win those grants, we can be a lot closer to the peach line. Um, so I told you I would address the two-point drop. Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why um, that goes down. There's several factors. Um, it's a computer model for the most part, which would be one factor, but with the 2017 storms, um, we reallocated a lot of staff resources and we took our focus off of the mainline paving for a little while to get to all those slide repairs. 
and we um, suspect that that might be one reason for the drop. Um, we also took two years off of our road maintenance program, so we didn't do any slurry seal for two years, and um, I suspect that that could lead to the two the two point drop. But um, we're back on track with all of our maintenance, so I would anticipate, especially with the two major grants, that we're going to slide right back up. So keys to success moving forward. Um, these first two are really important. Uh, maintain revenues at all levels. SB1 um, passing was a big deal for us because it added an additional 50% of revenue um, towards our road and bridge program. Also, the general fund contributions go a long way in improving our PCI as well as the Measure AA. <clears throat> um, as I pointed out, the major grants that we have are going to go a long way to improving our PCI. So if we can continue to be aggressive after all the grants, um, that would really do a lot for us. Um, we're also expanding our methods for innovative usage. We're pretty comfortable with in-place recycling of asphalt, but now we're looking at um, some different slurries that might last a little bit longer, or we might be able to put them on roads that are a little bit questionable because the technology is getting better. And we're always um, coordinating with the nearby cities and towns to look for opportunities to partner and save a little bit of money. Um, just this year alone, we've worked with San Anselmo, Tiburon, and Mill Valley on partnering opportunities. And here at the bottom, I've included um, some grants that are coming up that we've already secured in um, Muirwoods Road and Pierce Point Road flat projects, as well as the six county bridge program grants. That's all federal money that's going to go towards replacing um, five of the six bridges. And uh, we're constantly looking for additional bridge funds. So with that, I'm available for questions. Do you have any? Any questions for Eric? I have one. Hey, Eric, thank you so much. Great presentation. I'm just back on your slide nine with the graph. And um, you mentioned that, that you know, our peach line is able to, we will be able to achieve that peach line, um, Julie, in large part to being able to, having received and apply those grant funds. Yes. But um, so I'm just thinking that in the historical looking backwards 10 years, didn't our, that, those PCI increases also um, benefit from some grant funding? Uh, yeah, so um, it's a little bit nuanced. I'll try to stay out of the weeds a little bit, but uh, when, you're, when your road network is down into the 40s, taking a road from a 40 to a 100 and you average it out, you, get, you make a lot more progress, but as your road network improves, it takes a lot more effort to tick the needle up. So as, as we creep into the 70s, we're going to see it a lot harder to even move one point. So um, low-hanging fruit is the answer. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the presentation. That's going to be a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And just let me add to that because I know I showed a similar, I showed the last 10 years yesterday morning and you asked me about our general fund contribution over the last 10 years. and. As you may recall, you know, 10 years ago when we were at like 47, we were basically just using state and federal funds and not in doing the bare minimum and general fund support. And we have since increased that dramatically. So we looked at what we have contributed over the last 10 years. We've contributed $83 million in general fund support to our roads, which is what got that trend line going upwards. And and what Eric's saying is we'll be working together to make sure we don't lose ground over the next 10 years. Right, and that yeah. those general funds also help us leverage some local Ex the exactly. grants that are also yep. available to combination, but yeah, huge investment. Yeah. 
So good presentation, Eric, and I'm glad you put in that first slide on recent accomplishments, and I want to just want to go back and note what a tremendous amount of work that is that's really been done. So, I mean, that's, that's huge, and it's nice to now have all the slide repairs done so you can go back to all that good road work. Um, but I also specifically want to appreciate the great work that you do and how, ex how open and accessible you are, both to all of us and, and to our constituents. So Thank you. It. Keep it up. Thanks for the presentation. I was wondering about your tracking of construction costs and what impact that could have on your uh, projections and how often you do that, how often you update your estimates. And um, yeah, we generally look at um, the last two years when we do cost estimates, but the construction industry is very volatile, as we saw earlier this year with the SFD flap job. We actually bid that job with an estimate of $23 million and. Uh, we got one loan bidder that came back at 49, which was more than double. Mm -hmm. uh, we attribute a lot of that to maybe misinformation of the contractors not understanding, thinking it was more complicated than it really was. But um, in general, we use the last two years in estimating, and uh, and then we adjust as we go. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Super. Great. Thank you. Good afternoon. President Sears and board members, uh, my name is Pat Zorowski. I'm the Capital Projects Division Manager for the Department of Public Works, and I have the wonderful opportunity of presenting our capital program for fiscal year 1920 to you this afternoon. But before I do that, I, I always like to take a moment and, and kind of go back and review some of our recent accomplishments. And, and really, I want to take a moment to, to shout out to a, a tremendously motivated and, and dedicated capital staff that we have. Several of them are here today and, and I'm highly appreciative of their efforts. It is uh, It takes a, a lot of um, just a dedication to hard work and organizational skills to do some of the things that we do and each one of them is a, value, a valued member of our overall staff. And I also want to indicate that our work is largely uh, based on effective partnerships with all of our partners through across many departments and divisions. Uh, we have, as you'll see, part, uh, projects going on with almost virtually every department in the, in the county, and we have continuously found great uh, relationships with the people who are responsible in those various departments and divisions, and that really makes our job a lot easier. Just in the last year, uh, our accomplishments, I hope, um, have been extensive. Certainly the Civic Center roof project gets a lot of our attention. Uh, the phase one of that project, the admin wing and the library were completed in this past fiscal year. Uh, we've had the opportunity to bring several of you up to the roof and have you take a look at it. We look forward to bringing you up to the second, uh, the second phase of that. As you can see it outside of your, your terrace on a regular basis, you can probably hear it as well. I apologize for that, but uh, the progress there is being, that's being made has been really, um, Excellent, and we hope to have the removal portion of the project done by July, if, if at all possible. Our other big project that we've made uh, quite a bit of um, progress on this past year is the Tamales Fire Station. Um, lucky enough, I think Doran, Doran Hill is here today. He's the project manager and has been a great, um, a great manager of that project for the last three years. And uh, as of today, I was looking at the construction um, video that we get and the steel is being erected as we speak today. So the frame of the building is starting to go up starting today. I wish we could have gotten a picture of that and, and captured here, but um, it's pretty pretty cool stuff out there. So a lot of work's been done. Uh, 
some projects that don't get some of the attention that we want to just highlight, um, we in 2018-2019 uh, finished a pretty much a complete redevelopment of the crisis stabilization unit over at 250 Bonaire. And uh, talk about partnerships, our partnership with the Health and Human Services folks that work there and uh, that administer those programs was paramount. And we could have never gotten through it without them. And it was a big improvement to what we had out there traditionally. Um, our climate action plan, one of our climate action plan projects, the installation of 41 electric vehicle charging stations at the Civic Center, 31 in the Hall of Justice parking lot, and 10 as part of our uh, GSA facility to power our fleet our ever-increasing uh, electric vehicle fleet, uh, which is a great step in the right direction. Um, some projects at the Marin Center. We are in the middle of, of performing the seismic retrofit design. We did some assessments for the retrofit of the exhibit hall and the VMA. Uh, we have applied for grants for, uh, through Cal OES through, through the recent disaster uh, declarations, and we're hopeful that we might uh, possibly get some funding through, uh, through FEMA to do the retrofits, uh, the seismic retrofits of both the VMA and the uh, exhibit hall. The Marin Center Fairgrounds electric upgrade, uh, that is a series of electrical upgrades that serve the Lagoon Park that really is helpful during uh, our fair and other events that are, that are uh, taking place in Lagoon Park. That came through a grant from the California Department of Food and Agriculture, uh, a, a grant that our partners at uh, cultural services were able to, to secure and we were able to get that executed, which was a, a great upgrade. Our Juvenile Services Center fire alarm project is, is uh, starting to go online. Uh, that is a, a significant upgrade there that we've been working on for quite some time. 120 Redwood, we were just finishing up yesterday the flooring, the, uh, the replacement of the majority of the flooring at 120 Redwood was a big uh, issue for the Health and Human Services folks. It was one of their number one projects that they wanted us to accomplish, and we're, we're happy to say that that's gotten done uh, here before the end of the fiscal year. Juvenile Hall, early in this fiscal year, we finished the new doors and security systems. If you recall, a couple of years ago, we, we talked about the Civic Center uh, switchgear replacement, one of those projects that are deep down in the, the catacombs of the Civic Center. Uh, it's very important project. We had ver we had very little backup, and I want to do a shout out to our maintenance division. Building maintenance really took the lead. We supported them. We we provided some framework, but they really were able to execute this project. It took about nine months to get it through. We had to shut the building down. You probably saw some of the the notifications, and uh, that's a real step forward. We actually have for the first time some backup switch gear in the event that we have an issue. You may have recall a year or so ago, City of San Jose went through a similar problem and had to close their city hall and facilities down for a couple of weeks before they could get that done. Uh, also some work on Avenue of the Flags and the um, Civic Center Drive Plaza. That is the last vestiges of our Civic Center improvement project um, that is completed. A, a, lot of our, um, a lot of our attention this year was really focused on trying to make some significant uh, impact on the tenant improvement projects in the Hall of Justice, uh, as well as some some uh, outstanding accessibility projects that we had on our on our uh, roster. This year, we were able to complete um, 8,000 square feet uh, upgrade in the Hall of Justice for DA Phase Two, uh, a sizable uh, third phase of probation, uh, Room 124, which is a, an HR um, uh, location down on the first floor their class and comp and training rooms. That was, I think, believe about 6,000 square feet. 
and we created a new conference center in uh, room 143, the old sheriff's squad room. It's now been repurposed into three uh, separate um, conference rooms and a mother's room. And, and then just moving into our ADA projects, just the jail shower retrofit, what a tough project. Took us three years. I'm so sure you can understand these are retrofits of the existing showers in the, in the, uh, in the pods themselves. And it took a lot of planning. And again, a great partnership with our folks at the Sheriff's Department in order to get that done. We always like to talk about the Civic Center roof. I think this is a, a great shot of the completed uh, phase one and the phase two as it's starting. It is a great feeling of contrast similar to what our opening photograph has. As we indicated, phase one is complete, phase two is underway, and the phase three skylight rehabilitation project is underway. The design of that is being done. I would anticipate that later this year we'll come to, the board, to your board and discuss what some of those options are and how we're going to propose moving forward on the skylight rehab project. Tamales, uh, again, uh, I, a project that has been a long time in coming, uh, coming out of the fire uh, department action plan. Uh, unfortunately, all I have is a concrete slab to show you in terms of progress. I just wish I could have slid one last slide in here this morning. It's looking pretty good, and uh, I'd be happy to, to send any of you a link to show you what the, what's going on with the, the erection of the, the actual skeleton of the building. Uh, four years from project development through construction. This is a, a planning on a, a LEED certified silver at a minimum. And then uh, the overall cost is roughly $9 million. Again, I, I want to stress a great partnership with our fire department. They have been integral with us uh, from the very beginning. Uh, we had a very robust planning <coughs> process, design process, and, um, and, and we've really come up with some great solutions and compromise. It's a, a testament to our, our collaborative abilities with our fire department. Uh, just a couple of other quick projects to highlight. I've, I've talked about some of these. I just always like to throw some photos in. Our electric vehicle charging station project. Um, I would have liked initially to get a, pro, uh, a photograph where there weren't so many cars and then it dawned on me, they're being used on a regular basis. <laughs> this is actually a more representative shot of, of what is actually happening out there. Uh, our 250 Bonaire, uh, just a day or two before it opened, that crisis stabilization unit. Uh, just our recent probation phase three tenant improvement. That, pro that picture was taken about a week ago just to kind of give you a sense of what it looks like new with the Cherokee Red and the Herman Miller furniture. Uh, really a great project and, and again probation thank you for your, for your patience on getting through that. And then of course our Avenue of the Flags um, uh, Plaza project that is now connected the, the VMA directly um, an, ac an accessible connection all the way across the street to the to the uh, Christmas tree lot, and uh, as that moves forward in development in the coming years, we have a wonderful connection already outlined for us. Just a few others, uh, our Novato Library HVAC replacement project. As many of you recall, we did have some issues uh, with leaks out there during some of our rainy season. Again, a great shout out to our library partners. Uh, what a wonderful group, and uh, very patient, very understanding. Uh, we're looking forward to moving, uh, taking the next step and potentially replacing this roof here in the upcoming year at, out at Novato. Um, first floor conference center, I like to show that. That's a middle, that's the project in mid-construction. You don't get to see those very often. And uh, we're, we're very thankful that we're at a point where it's, it's closed. 
Um, again, just a, a representative shot of our uh, PV solar arrays. We continue to, to uh, expand our, our overall data, our, our collection of uh, solar arrays, which is a huge step forward as part of our sustainability efforts. Uh, the one at uh, West Marin Service Center is up and operational and working well. Our, our future um, site at Tamales will also have a solar array, and uh, we continue to utilize that. Uh, that's those types of systems and really help offset our energy costs in these uh, locations. Okay. As we go into our, our current capital uh, program, uh, this year it's, it's varied, it's large. Uh, we have a, a whole host of projects. I, will, I promise you I will not go through every single one of them, uh, but I do want to highlight a couple. Uh, our jail uh, video security system replacement, we'll be doing the design for that. That is a project that's time has come and we really need to work closely with our sheriff's department and our communications folks to replace the video uh, recording equipment uh, throughout the jail facility. And we'll be replacing three of the six rooftop air conditioning units. Uh, we'll look to likely go back next year to do the other three on the other side of the roof. Uh, we've gotten the, the roof, if you recall, uh, your board has approved the, the uh, re-roofing of that over a two-year period. It's up, it's working, things are, are working well. Um, but we do need to continuously make some improvements on our jail facility. Hicks Valley Fire Station, a second restroom, very important for us to, to make some improvements there. Um, and then just our Lucas Valley um, Parks and Open Space. I want to highlight again our partnership with, with uh, Marin County Parks and Open Space. They have been a great partner, and they have helped us on many projects. It's not just us doing projects for them. They do a lot of work for us, and uh, I want to thank Max and, and Chris and their staff. They're always there to support our landscaping efforts, our irrigation project efforts, and uh, have been a real uh, a, a major assist for us on, on project after project. Uh, we have a lot of work to do out of Point Reyes this year uh, at the substation. Um, again, we won't go into a lot of detail, but. Certainly there's some uh, painting in the exterior. We have some generator issues that we have to take care of. And then we've got uh, Marin City substation. Um, they've waited a long time for the reconfiguration of their evidence room and their PPE room. And then uh, a big project is the Civic Center admin wing asphalt replacement. We did some repairs out here a few months ago. That project will be handled by engineering going into next year. We would anticipate that that entire parking lot finally uh, will be replaced prior to Mother Nature completely reclaiming all of it. It's it's close, um, but we're happy to finally get that that into the into the flow of projects. Uh, one one thing I do like to point out is not all of our projects always traditionally come through the capital planning process. We have a whole host of additional projects that come to us from um, other funding sources. Sometimes those are um, what we call admin carry forward designated projects. Sometimes they are department-funded, um, and sometimes they're grant-driven. Um, again, I won't go through every single one of these, but a, a couple of things I do want to point out. Uh, again, the libraries, uh, our partnership with them is very important to us. The, the Corte Madera Library and the Nevada Library roof replacements are in desperate need of happening soon. Two very uh, popular locations, and we need to get those taken care of. Again, our big emphasis is going to be on finishing the Hall of Justice projects this past year or this upcoming year. The tenant improvements for DOF, payroll and public administrator, assessor recorder, um, and then some additional uh, common conference rooms, which we always seem to struggle with throughout the Civic Center. We just do not have enough uh, conference room space. And a, and a project for CDA, environmental health, I want to 
do a shout out to them. They've waited a long time to have this happen and we're excited that we're able to move forward. Uh, again, just a lot of projects at Point Reyes and Hicks Valley. Uh, our GSA facility, we're taking some next steps on doing some planning there and we have two vehicle lifts, both of which have already been ordered. One was ordered, I think the day before, or I think it was Friday, we finally got that done. The first uh, lift was ordered and this has been on our CIP list for two or three years. Uh, about a month ago, so we'll finally be able to make some uh, real operational improvements for our folks at the GSA. Um, that kind of gives you an overview of of our set of projects. A lot going on. We're we're uh, very pleased to be moving forward, and there's never a shortage. And we are uh, we have a great staff, and again, we're we're excited about getting uh, getting major projects done in the upcoming year. Happy to answer any questions. Any questions? I want to I want to thank you again, Pat. I was I always like this first page that really talks about the accomplishments because yeah, it kind of gives you that momentum to head into the long, long, long list of the projects ahead. Yeah, thank you. But um, you know, this is always just an amazing report uh, because of the breadth and depth of what you do. And, uh, take your vitamins. Yeah, you yeah. got a lot of work to do. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> So next, I think David Spear is going to talk about some of the emerging issues around our capital and facilities plans. Thank you. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, President Sears and board members. So I'm David Spear, the Facilities Planning and Development Manager for the County Administrator's Office. So I'm going to briefly discuss some of the large projects referenced by Matthew yesterday, uh, some non-general fund projects, and some of the capital emerging issues. These are um, these and others are, are covered more thoroughly in the CIP document. So I'm sure you'll read that if you haven't had a chance to. Uh, the first one, uh, Patrick's mentioned the parks and libraries, facilities, rehabilitation. As discussed yesterday in the service area summaries, both parks and the library are uh, deepening focus on facilities and infrastructure. Um, as referenced today, we, we have uh, CIP funding for a match with parks to replace their Lucas Valley facility. <clears throat> and as detailed, Patrick mentioned working with uh, the libraries to replace the roofs and install fire alarms and suppression systems in the Corte Madera uh, and Nevada libraries. The uh, General Services Administration, or what we call the GSA facility refurbishment, as presented by Matthew yesterday in the summary of the capital needs, the GSA building has substantial deferred maintenance, is in need, in code, is in need of code upgrades and regulatory required modifications. Um, for example, the State of California Water Board has required improvements in the roads area material storage, <coughs> excuse me, and the parking lot in order to prevent stormwater runoff. And so in past fiscal years, CIPs, uh, we've funded those projects to address the collection treatment of stormwater. That's just one example. In a sort of a bigger picture of the facility, the 2014 study of various op op um, alternatives to either replicate or improve the facility, uh, the costs range from 11 to $17 million. So per the recommendations from the February 2018 Board of Supervisors study session, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the staff is exploring substantial change to the GSA facility program for selective repairs and upgrades to meet the potential funding sources. Um, 
So staff has studied the space available at the GSA facility and the future space needs of the three DPW divisions uh, located there, the, the radio shop, <coughs> excuse me, vehicle maintenance and roads, and de determined that as part of the GSA building deferred maintenance projects, the radio shop technicians can be relocated to 1600 Los Gamos. Uh, while keeping the maintenance and installation group there at the GSA facility. So staff will return to your board later in, in this fiscal year to come up with recommendations for the GSA facility and the related costs for moving the uh, radio technicians to 1600 Los Camos. Uh, next large project emerging issue, 920 Grand Avenue, conversion to a transitional residential treatment facility. Um, as we reported in last fiscal year, the cost estimate uh, range to convert the facility into transitional resident residential treatment ranged up to $5 million. Since that time, Health and Human Services has identified funds to cover most of the balance of the costs in the, in the project throughout the current fiscal year budget savings. So in, in your April budget hearings, your board authorized to go ahead with the project as originally envisioned. And so uh, staff from Health and Human Services in our office will work to develop a project plan and schedule starting this fiscal year to convert that. Next slide. Um, 120 North Redwood Drive. Um, as Patrick discussed, there's a, we've had a number of projects going on. Um, but a little bit of the background of this facility is that the, the county acquired it with certificates of participation in 2001. And back then, we did some limited amount of tenant improvements with the purchase. Um, county negotiated with the state in order to uh, amortize those improvements and claim that funding over 10 years, but that was back in 2001. Since then, um, we've identified working with Health and Human Services and DPW about up to $5 million in additional projects over at uh, 120 Northwood, North Redwood. Um, Fortunately, Health and Human Services has identified uh, a funding source so that we can claim up to $1 million a year, meaning claim that back through state and federal sources for these projects. And so uh, Patrick and DPW staff and Health and Human Services staff and myself will be working to come up with a plan to fund those projects over the next five years. Next slide. Uh, as, as Patrick discussed, the Marin Center Veterans Memorial Auditorium and Exhibit Hall voluntary seismic upgrades. Um, so as pointed out, these are voluntary, but uh, the total cost for the VMA would be about $2.5 million estimated right now, and for the VMA, over $4 million. Uh, as Patrick pointed out, in September 2018, DPW Capital staff did apply for grants, and the Cal OES did forward it on to FEMA, and so we're waiting and hope to hear from FEMA this, this calendar year, but they don't have any uh, really process in, in terms of telling us exactly. So really, until we know whether they're approved or not, we'll have to sort of wait on those. Um, if the VMA does get approved, um, the, they, the VMA would be closed for up to a year. And so we would have to work with DPW and cultural services staff to plan how to really close the facility for a year. And during that time, we'd look at would we be able to fund and do the VMA parking lot, which would make sense to do at the same time that the building is closed. And so a lot of the timing, you know, hinges on waiting to hear from FEMA. Next 
uh, no, no, the, the fire department um, facilities plan, uh, the future implementation of it. So this spring, staff from fire, CAO, and DPW began discussions to update the five-year facilities plan. Um, as discussed yesterday, um, in the service area summaries and in the public uh, comment, your board has been really supportive um, of, of expanding programs, and the department's been very successful in getting grants and other funding to, um, to garner additional equipment. Uh, as, as noted earlier, Patrick said, you know, the Tamales Fire Station project is, is under construction. However, the footprint of the station hasn't changed. It's still the same size it was 50 years ago, as is the same with the rest of the fire stations. And so um, what, what the issue we have there is with the, all of the new additional equipment that fire has is that we're pretty close to being maxed out at the capacity of the sizes of the fire station sites. And so um, one of the uh, follow-ups from our February 2018 board um, study session, we looked at combining the Woodacre Fire uh, vehicle maintenance facility with the GSA facility here at the Civic Center. And what, what we determined in discussions and, and final following staff looking at that is it's not really practical to do that for the following reasons. Sort of the existing GSA facility um, is already at maximum capacity with the three Department of Public Works units, and so we're even moving the radio shop out. Um, Building expansion of the GSA facility, as you, most of you know, but I'll say it again, there was a voter-approved measure in 1992 limiting any facility expansion over 250 square feet to a full, uh, a full electorate uh, approval of the entire Marin electorate. That's what the farmer's market went through, if you remember, a few years ago. And then finally, limitations on the land here at the Civic Center um, for all the different programs already that we have. I mean, the farmer's market uses a lot, the, the parking for the Marin Center. And so really, practically, it doesn't make sense to move the fire vehicle maintenance facility from Woodacre. So um, it is recommended that now until, uh, until there's some resolution of the sort of the Woodacre fire and headquarters facility future, that we look at some short and intermediate term needs to extend the useful life of the vehicle maintenance facility at Woodacre. Uh, Patrick referenced addressing some of the other high priority fire department needs in, term, in terms of uh, Point Reyes Station and Hicks Valley um, with not only some of the CIP funds that are listed today, but also some of the admin designation carry forwards that uh, Brett did earlier this year. Um, with those, that's a major step forward in supporting the fire staff at these locations, making their facilities more productive and safe. Finally, on the facilities reserve uh, and planning for large capital projects, as Matthew and Brett discussed yesterday, the general fund will contribute $4 million to the facility reserve with the goal of contributing one to five million annually over the next five years to address major projects and deferred maintenance. That would be a really great help in providing a blend of both capital reserves and potential future debt service for large capital projects that have benefited from the flexible funds, such as the health campus and the emergency operations facility. So um, before getting to your questions, I do want to also give a shout out to your board, uh, the director of finance and, and the county administrator for your really strong support of the capital program. Um, I also want to thank Patrick Zorowski 
uh, Tony Williams and Raul, Raul Rojas, who really I work very closely with to develop the capital program. Um, I also want to thank and acknowledge Jeff Wong of our office, the CAO's office, who's great help in putting the documents together uh, for that. And Jeff also, while working under Patrick for last year, managed the successful Im implementation of the district attorney phase two and the human resources expansion in the Hall of Justice. Um, so with that, I'll close and have any questions from you. Great. Thank you, David. Any questions? Supervisor Rice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that since we're on capital projects, we should add to the list replacing that mic. It's <laughs> <laughs> a priority. It's already positive. on the list. It's on the list. Actually, we have an RFP out on that one. <laughs> uh, thank you for the present. I just have one question slash comment, and um, I don't in, in talking about the um, uh, fire and the the, um, the vehicle maintenance facility or whatever goes on at Woodacre around. It just seems to me that we shouldn't let that original, was it Measure A that was a vote of the, the what was it mm -hmm. called, the one that originally requires a vote? Requires a vote. Me measure A, 1992. Yeah, they're all Measure A. Right, anyway, 1992. Yeah, I, I don't think that we should let that be a barrier to considering, you know, I, I think if you had a proposal, we had a proposal for something that made sense. I don't know why the voters wouldn't say yes. So anyway, just a comment there. And... Um, because, you know, frankly, I can see lots of reasons not to be doing all that stuff all the way over in Woodacre, but that's my own personal opinion. And then uh, third, um, I'm hoping that on the same subject matter around our fire station, we are going to be waiting also for that staffing study, which I think looks also programmatically at what's happening out of what station. So anyway. Yeah, and I will say the primary reason we're not recommending moving fire maintenance isn't because of the the step of having to go to the voters. It's more around the constraints around the facilities. It's all the it's all the other uses. Yeah, all the other uses around it that make it really difficult to expand beyond our existing footprint. You bet. Yeah. 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 Other questions from the board? Thank you, David. You have an incredible scope of projects on your plate. <laughs> it's amazing. And I uh, appreciate your planning and foresight Thank you. and hard work. And that goes for the whole team. So excellent presentation. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, we're now at an opportunity to give the public a chance to comment if there's anyone from the public who would like to. <laughs> and seeing no one, I think the budget process has worn out the public. <laughs> But not us. So, um, Matthew, it seems like this is an appropriate time to come back to you before we go to the closing. Yes, this is kind of our wrap-up. And uh, yeah. what I will say is I, I did want to start off by thanking your board for really supporting, you know, our, our budget staff to to really come up with a structurally sound budget and the support you do you give us all the time to make those recommendations and provide the feedback on that. So um, as I mentioned on Monday, you know, one of the things is to identify, identify follow-up items. And, and so I, I took a shot at some of the follow-up items that were both from our, our April workshops as well as our discussion yesterday morning. So the first one is working with the fire agencies to work on a countywide fire prevention program. The second one is what's been mentioned around the fire staffing study and coming back to your board when we have that uh, worked out. The third one is around the preparation around the PG&E shutdowns that, that we're anticipating uh, later this summer and fall. 
<clears throat> the the other one would be the Point Reyes Coast Guard property. We've talked about the purchase of that property and bringing that back to your board. Um, we also talked about the pre-apprenticeship program and job training program. Uh, the Marin History Museum, doing some follow-up work with them. Um, and then in April, we talked about um, looking at the SART exam process and whether that could be brought back to Marin. And we have our first meeting uh, with the providers of those services this Thursday. So we'll be working on that and we'll come back to you. As we mentioned in our work plan, the countywide vision workshop with your board will be coming later in the fall. And then, um, as we mentioned this morning, the follow-up the with the Child Care Commission on the potential state pilot to give us more flexibility on how we provide those state-funded child care slots. So th that's the handful of uh, items for further work that we know that we need to do more work and come back to your board throughout the year with an update once we have that. If I may, uh, yes, Matthew, there may have been one other item from the April hearing. I think a couple groups in particular are children and aging mm -hmm. wanted to learn more about the budget. I don't mm -hmm. know if we could put that on Brett's list to reach out to those groups and try and help them understand the budget um, and understand how we put the budget together because I think um, educating them would be very beneficial to mm -hmm. have them understand it better. Yes, and, and we have, um, we've been talking to them about that, that follow-up, yeah. That's a great idea. All right, it's now time for closing statements. Anyone who'd like to begin? Supervisor <laughs> Conley, you're always a good one to start. Right. Yeah, go for it. Well, first of all, thank you everyone uh, who was involved in putting this together, most notably uh, Matthew and Brett and your team. Um, great job. As always, um, the extensive hearings going back to April were valuable, um, including the new approach of separating out performance reports and goals by department with the budget work plans. Um, that was very helpful. Compass provides a foundation to build on, um, aligning performance with values and priorities expressed through the budget. Uh, integrating staff at all levels in order to maintain a culture of excellence at the Civic Center is our, our paramount goal. Uh, this includes an emphasis on measuring outcomes and working hand-in-hand -hand with uh, line staff, uh, managers, and community members to continually ensure that we are aligned with the right priorities. Um, so just ticking through some of those priorities that we emphasized, um, roads and infrastructure, we again heard that uh, needs outweigh resources. Uh, so we need to continue to make progress and leverage local funding toward state, regional, and federal resources. And that's really an important part of all of our jobs, something we are always focused on. Fire protection and emergency preparedness, homelessness and housing, mental health, and climate change and sea level rise. Um, we also, as was noted uh, throughout, we need to continue to push back against policy threats at the federal level, including to our health care safety net, um, environment, and immigrant communities. 
Another theme we heard is that equity is front and center. Um, I want to recognize the work of all the departments in this regard with a particular shout out to Health and Human Services and Library, who I think are really setting the standard. We'll continue to bring a strong focus to the perspectives of underserved communities and work to ensure access and opportunity for all toward health, education, and meaningful employment. And as Matthew mentioned, we're uh, thinking creatively about some pre-apprenticeship ideas, among other uh, goals. Uh, in uh, enacting this budget, we're striking the careful balance between capitalizing on the ability to make forward progress while fiscal times are relatively good, and at the same time recognizing that we need to stay within our means and plan for identified challenges on the horizon. I believe this balanced budget accomplishes that. And again, I want to thank uh, everyone again uh, for your involvement in bringing this strong product uh, forward. Uh, just quickly, some follow-up issues um, that Matthew accurately summarized. Um, maybe adding a couple others, um, stormwater drainage, um, particularly um, the interface between public um, storm drains and privately owned is an issue we're really seeing more frequently now and it's countywide. Um, our long-term fiscal health of flood zones, I think we're all trying to tackle that. I know I am in flood zone seven uh, in my area. Uh, fire staffing levels and the Marin History Museum. I think it is time for a community conversation about the long-term sustainability of the museum and preserving pieces of our local Marin heritage going forward. So thank you again. Thank you. Supervisor Wright. Well, I um, appreciate those remarks, Supervisor Connolly, and I'll associate myself with the thank nice you. sum up of the budget <laughs> process. Just really quickly, it was the best budget ever and best budget process ever. Um, and I think. I'll associate with those. <laughs> um, seriously, um, very well done. Um, a lot of information, but over the course of the, the, the workshops and earlier and then and then the sort of the sum up these last couple of days I think just really well done and for anybody who was sat through all of it I assume they learned a lot about not only county services and what we provide but also about how how the funding and, and finance structure works um, I would just you know that the budget it it reflects our community's priorities our board priorities in, um, so everything's aligned budget board priorities and community priorities which I think is a testament to a job well done. It's conservative um, at well-being, um, you know, looking forward into the future as well. And um, it just they keeps we're on a track. We have been on a track and, and under your leadership, Matthew, and your team for, for a long time on just having really sound fiscal management um, while while really being mindful and um, responsible to all the stakeholders, which include our retirees as well as our resident current employees. Um, and just generally. So I'm, I'm really pretty proud of the job that you all have done and we've been able to sort of maybe slightly steward. Um, and I think the, the residents of Marin County should be proud and have confidence in the way um, that this county is being managed on the money side and on the services side. So I just thank all involved. 
Thank you. Thank you. Supervisor Art? Yes, thank you. Well, there, there isn't much more that can be said about the best budget ever. Hmm. But it is crafted beautifully and um, and it's a much more comfortable budget than we had, say, in 2008 and 9. Right. So it, it's, it's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. All of the concerns that I have mentioned that I've heard back from you are being addressed. I would uh, just let you know that at the last OES meeting, commissioners and public members indicated they would like to see more money going toward disaster preparedness. And they all had read and pointed out the fact that the new county survey list disaster preparedness is the number one issue. Um, but I've talked to Matthew about this and I will we'll discuss it more and I'll take some messages back to them. Um, I want to thank all of our employees for their hard work and their support. Um, and they just have a, um, such, you know, su such a kind and, and happy face when you see them in the halls. It's, it's a good feeling. Uh, because it isn't that way in a lot of places. So um, thank you, employees, for that. And then most of all, the CAO budget and the finance staff need to be praised for your good work and funding the priorities that we see as vital in addressing those in the budget. You have a right to be proud, and you did a great job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Supervisor Radoni. Um, yeah, I just want to thank all staff for working on the budget proposal and bringing it forth, um, it really reflects, I think, what our community needs, and I'm happy to see that. It is the best budget I've seen so far, so thank you for that. <laughs> That's um, true. On my very short time here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm really particularly pleased to also see that the reserves are being maintained and established in the case of the facilities reserve. I think that's really a good move to start building our reserves up. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy about the business uh, continuity expenditure plan to sort of put that on as a highlight that as an emerging issue. <clears throat> I think looking at our pension fund is always good and today not funded at 90 percent is, is really wonderful but we have to recognize the vulnerability of the markets which are too much controlled by a certain Twitter account and it'd be sensitive to a downturn in the economy in the future and I think I think staff continues to watch that. I'm really happy to see IST move to the Digital Infrastructure Strategic Plan for Marin. Um, while we were lucky enough to get a lot of CPDC grants for specific projects in West Marin, the Digital Infrastructure Plan is, is what was missing all along and it's really crucial to where we go from here. Mm -hmm. um, great to see David and Pat's presentation. I'm always a big fan of infrastructure improvements. Um, the service center in Point Reyes at HHS was completed last year, the fire station this year, and these are 50-year investments or more, and it's really a commitment to our communities when we do this, so I think it's really great. Um, I also want to comment on um, our emergency preparedness and disaster preparedness. I think we're doing a great job there, and I'm really happy to see the funds that we're spending there. But I think it is now that we maybe need to focus on staffing our fire units. Um, mm -hmm. West Marin stations are far apart and our communities and visitors have needs have expanded. We now provide more services throughout Marin and the state than ever before. While our county contract with the state is beneficial and reduces net, net county costs, I'm concerned that without creating more staffing, there's a risk of physical, mental, and other stress to our fire staff that may be taking its toll as the fire season extends into December. 
And I think that's an element of the SAFI study that mm -hmm. needs to be considered. And I do think setting a goal mm -hmm. to reallocate our current staffing or a goal to put three personnel on a unit is a good goal for all of us to have. So thank you and I appreciate the opportunity to make comments. Great. Thank you. Okay. So I brought every piece of material that we <laughs> got we received for this budget process and I think this is it. I don't think I left anything in my office, but I can barely lift it and it's not just because I'm a little bit out of shape. There's an incredible amount of work that has gone into this whole process and I was sitting here thinking of well, what, what words came to mind from the budget process and I came up with process, linkage, alignment, and employees, and if you rearrange those, those words just a little bit, you get the acronym LEAP, which I think is really an appropriate acronym for what is really a great budget and perhaps the best budget ever. <laughs> um, so Matthew, that's gonna haunt you for a while. It, it will, it will. But, <laughs> but you know, in, in all sincerity, I really do think that this budget process really walked the talk. Uh, with respect to the Compass Performance and Employee Engagement Framework that we have been talking about a lot. It also has demonstrated strong strategic thinking and planning and provided clear and understandable information. But really most strikingly, I think, was the enhanced employee participation. That's just been tremendous during this whole process. Um, and also the clarity of the information and the detailed information that we got has really been good. And so I think this entire process has teed us up really well for the next two-year budget. This is, remember, this was just year two of a two-year budget. This was the easy part, right? And we got a lot of, and it was a, a wonderful process. But um, as my colleagues have noted, uh, I think we're at a, we've leapt into a successful point, but we also have a lot of unknowns going forward. But to me, what we've seen through this whole process, what we've seen with the employee participation and everybody's incredible hard work and commitment and aspiration to doing even more and the scope of work that everyone does and will continue to do, it just demonstrates what we do, which is that we've got the skill set here and the passion and the commitment to deal with whatever comes at us in the future. So I think it really is the best budget ever. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take action and get it done for Pete's yeah, sake. So, right. so the action we would be asking is <laughs> if you would adopt a motion to uh, accept the staff, rec to make the uh, staff recommendations as outlined in the June 17 letter, which is adopt the final budget and the special district budget, as well as adopt the resolution that is the final budget. I know somebody wants to make that motion. I'll move, I'll move that we adopt the uh, fiscal year 1920 final budget and dependent special district budget under the Board of Supervisors and that we adopt the resolution uh, doing the same. Ordering the fiscal 2019-20 proposed budget adjusted for increases and decreases approved by our board and be referenced and adopted in the fiscal 1920 budget for operations. It's a long recommendation. Yeah, yeah there we go. Second. And we've got a second motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Yes. Take a brief rest and then we'll be yeah. back with updates and a whole new budget. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Really